When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Bright and early. I mean, it's almost still light in London. George and I have managed an early escape at 9.50, and we even had time for a beer, uh, courtesy of Roger Federer dispatching Richard Gasquet in short order. There wasn't a lot of backhand, single-handed backhand porn which is usually what you get from Gasquet against Federer. Um, it was an... I mean, I hesitate to say a quiet day, George, because none of the first four days of women are ever quiet. But like I said, it is before 10 o'clock when I'm walking up to the station. That feels like a quiet day. I, I think this is the quietest first four day I can remember, really, in terms of... Um, Nothing no bad great, has happened. No great drama, yeah. I, and I don't mean on-court drama, I mean actually more kind of off-court in terms of, you know, that external, you know, Benoit pair needing a problem, whatever, you know. There's normally something that crops up when all these players are playing. Um, this hasn't quite happened today, which, to be honest, I'm quite relieved about. As you, you can probably tell yesterday I was a little bit grumpy. I was a bit tired. <laughs> to say the least. Um, I was struggling a little bit. You know, I was actually fed up of Andy Murray's roaring comeback, which, you know, in hindsight, I'm enjoying a bit more now. Oh, that's terrific yeah, news, George. <laughs> because honestly, amidst pandemonium yesterday, all, all that could be heard was George whinging about how he wasn't going to get home before midnight again <laughs> and how it was so predictable... That Murray might as well have won it in straight sets and saved us all the trouble. And saved, do you know, George, how many people watched Andy Murray on the BBC last night in the UK? I've not seen the figure, but I imagine it was a good 8 million? 6.75 million. I went too high. You did. But still a very solid number. Yeah, and actually I'll tell you something interesting. The first three days, and this is according to Nielsen Sports, who are an excellent agency and a lot of good work, a cumulative average audience, I'm not really sure what that means, but it's kind of irrelevant when I tell you the next bit, of 15.5 million, which is nearly uh-huh. double, nearly double what they had in 2019. Now, I don't know why that is, whether it's people not going on holiday as much because of the pandemic or, or whatever, but it's good news no matter what. Uh, George, you and I 
Where do we start the day today? Um, we saw our podcast co-host. Yes, of course. For the for the first time in Love Tennis Pod history, you, me, and Calvin were all in the same six square meters as we were allowed to be. Yeah. Uh, Without infringing the bubble. No, we very much did not. Uh, Calvin's charged Luke Johnson and Anton Misusevich were in doubles action against the Australian pair of Alex Dimonur and Matt Reed. I mean, we won't go into the match too much, but their chances, Luke served for it, in the, served for the first set uh, and was broken to love and it, it, it hurt, I think. And I don't think Luke will is saying that it was a tough one to take and then they lost it in a tiebreak and the second set was less close. <laughs> to be fair, I texted Calvin afterwards and said, you know, decent effort and he said yeah I think they gave a good account of themselves him yeah. and Anton Matusevic I think that's a fair comment yeah I think so you know Reed's a very experienced doubles player Divinor's a top 30 singles player so top 20 even top 20 yeah where exactly his ranking is, but, um, yeah there's certainly no shame in that I think you're right it was a case of what if because you know they were in a good position 5-3 up in the first and it, it, it's one of the you know such a old cliche in tennis but if you win the first point in that service game it makes such a big difference you know it was a good return that dropped down to his feet it was a tough pick up it went in the net and you, you kind of sense at that moment they needed the next one they lost that and mm-hmm. it, it, you know it, it does just shift the momentum in that moment um yeah i mean that's doubles isn't it it turns i said it to you on court i said it turns so quickly and you know when you are playing someone like matt reed who has been around the block he, he, and as we said, you know, his serve was much better off than, than realistically Alex de Bonneur's, which was the vulnerable serve. And yeah. Anyway, bad luck to Luke and Anton, but you know, yeah. they... Nice to see Calvin in action, though, with yeah. good. Yeah. Come I've... on, Tims. But, yeah. uh, come on, Anton. Yeah. Right here, lads. Yeah. <laughs> right here. Let's go. Let's go, Luke. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Super stuff from Calvin. And then uh, Cam Norrie on court number one, who... Yes. We rendezvoused again. Yes. Yeah, it's rare that George and I, that's the number 39 bus for fans of the 493. Um, it's rare that George and I end up on the same court all the time, but yeah, Cam Norrie on... three today, didn't we? That's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's got to be a first. Uh, Cam Norrie on court number one, up against wildcard Alex Bolt, who I think won the challenger in Nottingham, so he's played a lot of grass court tennis. Promptly took the first three games, Yeah. and Cam took the next 11. I mean, I don't want to talk too much about that match, because I don't think there's a lot in it, because... Cam's a much better player than Alex Bolt, that's the, the short story. Yeah. But he obviously now has a clash with Roger Federer. Yeah. Now, I mean, do you give Cam any sort of hope of more than nine games? I, I do. I actually, I do. Um, you know, Ten games? Maybe 11. Stretch to 11, George. No, I think Cam's playing really good grass court tennis at the minute. Um, I've been impressed by this kind of application. You know, we were on that call and we're thinking, bloody hell, how have we gone three love down to this? Not, not that Alex was a bad player, but, you know, where Cam was. How he's been playing this year. Playing, you're thinking, oh, God, is this going to be another letdown? You know, hmm. um, home turf is it harder. Just came back roared. And, you know, we've said this many times that Cam doesn't have these amazing weapons. Which I think probably is what will end up hurting him against Roger. Good night. Bye-bye. But... He's playing very solidly. Every point is in there. Keeps going, and he's not—he's not letting anything die. Um, I, I tell you where I think he might have some success, or at least have a chance of creating some sort of problems for Roger. Is that Cam, Cam's? Frankly, great strength is that he's left-handed. 
which is someone put to me when uh, England bowler Sam Curran took three wickets in next to no time this morning. It should be cheating, left-handedness, and I agree. Can't play hockey left-handed, can you? But the point is that Cam's top spin forehand is reasonably potent and has a, you know, it's not powerful, but you just hit it with a lot of spin. And frankly, Roger's backhand has been pretty poor over the last two matches against Manorino in particular, who is not a dissimilar player from Cam in that he doesn't hit it hard. I mean, Manorino hits comically softly. I, I just... I just feel like I don't think Cam Norrie's going to win. But uh, when I look at it on paper and all the sort of mechanics, I think that he could have a chance of doing something more than we expect. The, the funny thing is, I think people get bogged down with Federer's record against left-handed players just because of Rafa, but he's actually a pretty clean killer beyond that. Like, a very clean killer. I, I can't remember the exact numbers, but I'm pretty sure I read a stat before about Federer losing about twice against lefties who aren't... Who aren't Rafa Nadal. Rafa. Um, I, I, I don't see it, to be honest. I mean, I don't think Roger's playing well. I think Cam's playing really well to a level. Yeah. But I don't think Cam's playing really well to a level where I think he's going to take out an eight-time Wimbledon champion on his favourite court. Okay. I don't think Roger's playing at all well or anything to be feared by Novak. I still think he'll come through most matches he needs to. As evidenced by the fact that he, as we all expect him to, battered Richard Gasquet today. Well, was, that was never in doubt, was it? <laughs> I'd give Cam a way better chance of Richard Gasquet, and Gasquet's still pushed him, scoreline-wise, quite close. In some well, sense. it's still straight sets. Straight <laughs> sets, but I mean, in terms of per set, quite close. Such a at straws there. 3-2-1. Let's look ahead to tomorrow, because we've got... Uh, quite a British day on centre. Ons Jabur starts off actually against Garbinia Muguruza. Yeah. A third round day, of course. In golf, they call it moving day Saturday. At Wimbledon, we call Friday moving day because it's the first time, if the draw bears out, that the seeds take on the seeds. I mean, Jabur Muguruza is a good matchup, isn't it? That's very good match. Whackers yeah. against Whackers. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I know every night I harp on about fantasy tennis, but Muguruza was one I was picking slightly hopefully that. If she could find her best form, I fancied her to win this whole title. I fancied her more than the top four seeds, given, you know, Barty was coming in with an injury problem. Yeah. And the other three are not that consistent at the slams. Um, and she's played really well. She looked very dominant. But this is a real step up. Onsjabor is playing some good tennis. And what we've said about her is, can you beat a top player at a slam? Can you go through someone? This is a good chance for her to do that on tennis court. It'll be a good match. And while Muguruza, I think, is only the number 11 seed, or number 13 maybe, she is, seed, yeah, yeah the, the, the women's rankings are a joke at the moment, frankly, because of the freezing, and she is a top five player in the world. Yeah. And if Ons wins that match, it's a huge feather in her cap. Uh, equally, if Muguruza wins that, she's, you know, we, she's very much a statement. Yeah. Um, it's then followed by, by Dan Evans, uh, and crucially, Andy Murray up against Denis Shapovalov. <laughs> Um, I mean, <laughs> we've said all we need to say about Andy Murray against Oscar Otter, but how he recovers is huge. He talked recently about the five-setter against Nishioka in the US Open and how he basically couldn't walk the next day. I'd be amazed if Andy Murray, I haven't actually looked at the practice schedule, I'd be amazed if he even practiced today. I think it may have been just calisthenics and stretching, because that may have been what he was capable of. Where, what's your prediction for Murray versus Shapovalov? 
it, it's a really funny match because I mean you're absolutely right I've got no faith that the Murray body is going to hold up after that I think watching him live on court he was holding that groin when he had that slip the groin that's caused him a lot of problems recently and then he was I, I watched one moment where he was walking back he feigned to reach for the groin well not feigned he wanted to reach for it and he feigned to reach elsewhere <laughs> to not show it yeah. I think I think there's something there and he kind of said in his face like an expressor afterwards he said you know I felt a twing in my groin and you only find out how bad it is the next, the next day or the day, day or later whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I suspect it's not going to be good but in terms of a matchup and as much you know, you know I love uh, Shuffleboard. I think he's a wonderful player, one of my favourites to watch. But he does make dodgy decisions in dodgy moments. <laughs> and I, I mean, just think that hair Andy, for a start. If Andy can hang in there, keep pushing him, he's got a chance. But I, I, I'd be amazed if it wasn't Dennis in four. I think that, that's where I'm leaning. Okay. How about you? Um, I have a suspicion. I've written off Andy Murray quite a lot of times in the last yeah, four years. I hate doing that. But. Yeah, I think he might get gubbed. I think it, it might be really bad. Uh, that said, there were points in that match against Otter where he was unable to work out which side of the court to stand on, but he was still able to hit tennis shots to the top five level. Like, he, there, he literally stood in the ad court at 40-15, and the umpire was like, Andy? And he was like, what? And it took him a moment. And like I'm convinced there will be parts of that match he will not remember because he was just in so much pain and anguish. I still think Shapovalov beats him in three sets. Just straight set, see you later. Tea time. I mean, because of course, by the way... You, you just want to watch the football, don't you? Well, that's also the thing. They may have to think about that for the scheduling. <laughs> but he's on Friday, at least. It's not so bad. Um, any other interesting matches you want to point out tomorrow? Roberto Bautista and Goot who we believe is Andy Murray's next opponent unless he is beaten by the very uh, improving Dominic Kerpfer. Yeah, he's had some good results, Kerpfer. I mean, he took out uh, my boy Riley Apelka. Mm-hmm. This was the uh, section I thought Apelka might come through. So, Batista Agut turns out to be a good grass court player, which I guess is kind of logical, isn't it? I think if you listen to Nick Kyrgios' rants, it suits people like Batista Agut more than him, according to him. Pushes. Uh, you know, I don't know, so, yeah, Kyrgios also was very entertaining today, as ever. Yeah, um, playing basically a sort of less good version of himself in Gianluca Mega, yeah. who just, as Kyrgios said in post-match, came out and decided to try and crush every ball. As, and Kyrgios said it as though it was illegal. It's like, well, he's cheating. No, 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 that is allowed. It's very entertaining. It's very short. Um, Batista Agu against Kurtfer, I suppose we're not expecting an upset, but equally you wouldn't be surprised if either man won. Um, I, I can't think of any other more interesting matches tomorrow off the top of my head anyway I, you know I never look at the order of play before we get here so I'm, I'm, I'm pretty hopeless beyond. but it, it'll be nice to see Dan on centre as well see how he handles that He's, first time a British number one not played on centre until the third round that doesn't happen very often that does not um, and, it, and this has turned out to be a pretty good tournament for the Brits all of a sudden you know the first time we've had three Brits in the third round of the men since 1999 Emma Raducanu I haven't seen this sack confirmed but someone said to me earlier something like the first time in 42 years that a Brit played at the first time a Brit 
female played the first time at Wimbledon went to the third round. And just on Emma Raducanu, um, she's not someone really anyone will have heard of very much. She was world number, let me get this right, 338 at the beginning of this week. She's going to go up 105 places when the rankings refresh, which is staggering. She beat Marketa Vondrasova, who let's not, she's a French Open finalist. Okay, she's not great on grass, but still, huge for an 18 year old playing her first ever main draw Grand Slam. Uh, to beat her in straight sets, nevertheless, she broke her serve four times. She's going to pick up £115,000 in prize money at least, which is uh, uh, just over three times her previous career earnings. Yeah. Uh, from what I hear, people think Emma Raducanu is the most exciting British talent in the women's game for quite a long time. Is that fair? Yeah, I think her and Draper are fantastic little British talents, but um, I would strongly suggest I think she's going further. I like Draper a lot. I think he's got a lot to his game. But I think she is arriving at a time in women's tennis where there's no fear as an 18-year-old to really rise at the rankings. I think Draper will find the opportunities. And I don't mean in terms of overall career. That's always tough to say at this stage. And Draper's a big lad. He can really fill, out, fill himself out and do a lot of damage in the men's game. But I think the next four years, really watch out for this girl. I think she's a fantastic player. Got everything to a game. No fear. She believes she can beat everyone, and she has done at every single level. As Draper has done, to, to be fair, he's perhaps stunted a little bit at Challenger now. But, um, but I mean, that's mostly because of the <coughs> pandemic. He's barely played at Challenger. Yeah. Because, uh, and Raducanu has been the same. You know, she's at ITF level, and those tournaments didn't happen for a year. She went off and did her AS levels, and now A levels in maths and economics. I can tell you. Yeah, I've, sp I've, I've spoken with her before. And she's a really nice girl, very down to earth, got a good family, very keen. Uh, on supporting her and whatever she does, but doesn't seem too pushy, which I think is a nice balance. Uh, but yeah, she's a brilliant talent, and what a win today! I, you know, I was a little bit annoyed first round when she took out my qualifying fantasy slightly, <laughs> slightly, particularly when Dietjenko was five three up in the first. I was like, yeah, you know, good showing from Raducanu, but going out to someone who's been to the third round before. The reason I picked that qualifier was because I thought Fondrasov was there for the taking in round two, and so it proved. So you sort of predicted... I picked pick the draw rather right. than the person, okay. which is what I always do. Yeah, uh, Radicardi takes do. on... Uh, she takes on Serana Castella on Saturday, and which is kind of poignant because her father, Radicano, it's a Romanian name, her yep. father is Romanian. Uh, she's a self-confessed Simona Halep fan. Uh, Castella obviously also being Romanian, so... And for fantasy, we're moving into quite an exciting section of the draw, aren't we? With Ostapenko just squeezing through. Oh. Could be a fourth-round Ostapenko-Castella battle for me. Everyone knows you. that most people picked Ostapenko. George has also picked Ostapenko. I picked Serana Castella. I have zero confidence, as usual. But uh, let's hope we get that in the fourth round. Ostapenko's got to get through. Big win over Azarenko today. Yeah, uh, given that she bottled it, serving for the match, broken. <laughs> Uh, having had two match points and then broke Azarenka to love. Uh, no, to 15. She had love 40 and, and missed the first one, but then won it. Um, it looked like a massive win, which worries me. Like she was down on her knees, like this is the biggest win in my career, which it actually isn't, but it pretty felt like that at the time. Uh, so I'm worried as to what she's going to come up with in the next round. But you know, it's kind of win-win for me. If Emma Raducanu wins, great, brilliant to have a British girl at the age of 18, the fourth round of Wimbledon. If Serana Castella wins, I'm quids in. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.